Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw a spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of fictional worlds, breaking it down and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, mathematically inclined homunculus, just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Kyle. I am Ethan. And on this episode, we'll be discussing the Master Apprentice relationship system thing last week we discussed in our survey episode education without classrooms and master apprentices like a pretty big part of that and so we're very common trope yeah so we're gonna dig deeper on it and come up with some uh some of our own ideas we're gonna throw some noodles around it and i think the most obvious one for both of us and probably for most anybody who's a big old fucking nerd listening to this podcast is it's not even about being a nerd it's so mainstream at this point that's the whole problem my dad has never seen star wars that's fine it's still it's so it's too mainstream now you and i were just talking about this the other week hostility right out the gate we're talking about the sith rule of two well we were talking i mean like master apprentice padawan learner right like it's it all like star wars the whole thing but the sith rule of two is fucking fascinating. Yeah. It's totally there is zero incentive to take yeah, on an it's, apprentice. It's so illogical. Because you what like you bring someone on to train them with the explicit knowledge that based on this own philosophy at some point they are going to have to kill you. Yeah. They are, Unless, or they are going to try. Yeah. Which like if you're really, if you're Palpatine, which like and the actual canon as the only person that this is relevant for, you are so powerful, you're confident it won't matter. Right. They can't take you down. Right. But historically, like if you go like old Republic stuff, it's like, well, you are like there's a bit more parody. They got taken down left and right. Yeah. It's kind of dangerous. It's such good world building though. It yeah. is so cool. It's so interesting. It's so evocative. And it's creates this tension. And it I mean it creates logical questions. Right. But and you can throw a, logic it, out the window it, when like, it's like a cool system. Totally. And well, and I like that they call themselves master and apprentice and, and the Jedi call themselves master and apprentice, right? But yeah. it's such a perversion of the relationship, right? Like, mm-hmm. because by design, um, and I know that Darth Bane, who is the one that created it, there, there are books written about him and he goes on these monologues about it. I, I haven't read them, but he talks about how I remember one of them saying like, it's about the controlling of knowledge and the consolidation of power between these two people. And that this evil relationship, like kind of was an exemplified relationship or, or like sort of like the spirit of the dark side made real. And I thought that was very cool, but still practically Mm -hmm. you are never going to be incentivized to either take on an apprentice, or if you are, you are going to be incentivized to not teach them everything that you know. My first noodle was, and I I sent this to you, of uh, an idea where you have to kill your mentor and take their knowledge, like Ron Swanson says that the man who kills me will understand right. what the symbols mean. And then and you were like, did I respond and with? you're like, you're like, oh, that's Highlander. And I'm like, oh, shit. No, I, no, never... I, I, no I responded with the Palpatine gif. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, that was Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> there were several replies, but either, but it, most it was, of them were, in but it was hitting form. on that same notion of like, oh, how do we like get to that? You want to take down your mentor. Yeah. And so in thinking about it, I'm trying to be like, okay, let's move away from straight up murder. Like it's not, you're going to kill them. Is it just, and, and so it was like, okay, well, what if it's, you, you are, there's a fly, fly watch again. Okay. Fun. Um, all right. Well, no, he, he flew away fly is kyle's apprentice and he's going to kill it i am the master and i will kill him yeah. um it is sort of now hearing hearing you I, talk about it it's sort of it i don't know why there is sort of an oedipus complex to it almost right like where you know and and thinking about in the last jedi you know one of the best parts was yoda coming back it's sort of bullshit that he just ignored all the shit that he lied about and manipulated luke and anakin through but that point about, you know, you know, we are masters, we are what they grow beyond. That's a very poignant point for teachers, for education, right? Like you as a master, you stand still so that those people that you train can see how far they've come. Yeah. Well, and so I'm thinking of, do we make it a rival system where you take on an apprentice and here is how I think it could possibly be viable. You take on an apprentice as like, it's like a, societal norm everyone takes on apprentices taking away like the knight 
order thing like that this is um, like oh. they're doing it like jedi and Sethi like want to kill people you, you take on a apprentice and there is a knowledge that you are going to train them and it, it, you are you want to create a rivalry because you want to prove you are still better than everybody so you're like i'm even the guy i'm teaching everything i know can never surpass me because i would too, you teach because i would you teach them at all then I don't know. That's a good point. I'm, I'm thinking like because it's if you just add societal pressure, and maybe that's the problem. You could do it because what? Why would you teach anybody in the Sith system as well? Like this is where you get down to what's the incentive? Well, and, well, and the point of well, the point of the Sith system is that part of it is that there is no societal pressure. There's only ever supposed to be two, right? Yeah. And so there's no one watching. There's no one making. Why is sure. it supposed to be two? Well. Darth Bane had reasons. Yeah, but and like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. But I do know that is the whole. Point. I mean, Palpatine says that to Darth Maul. He's like the first and only rule of the Sith: there must only ever be two. Uh-huh. Um, shout out to Sam Witwer. Um, it's creating a, a, like a power gap, I guess. Yeah, but I like the idea. I mean, I'm always a big fan when the final test of the apprenticeship is to defeat the master. Yeah, I think that's it's it's a good trope. It's fun, but play that out the implications of that if you go into an apprenticeship knowing that that at the end of this you are going to have to play chess against the person that taught you how to play chess is the entire time are you actually trying to learn how to play chess or are you just trying to learn how to beat them you know what i'm saying right like okay does that make sense i want to take that and what i said and combine them and say it's not about chess against your master. It's against the other, like other masters in that society. So say there's five blacksmiths. You take on a, an apprentice, and it is, it is your job and your like societal the societal pressure is saying train them to be as good as you, and to best all the other ones. So it's creating rivalry between these different forges and, and whomever. So the professional rivalries become generational. Mm. And it's about this, and it's a society that breeds generational conflict because that is a realistic thing that happens all the time. You have generational conflict yeah. everywhere in, in human history. So it's yeah. you're 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 preparing them for the 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 test. The final test is a challenge against the other apprentices, and it's you're showing. So if you're the apprentice, you have an incentive to do well because you want to show that you're the best. If you're the master, you have an incentive to do well because it's your forge who's now producing the best forge master. Mm. Or, or whatever so it's it's creating incentives for both because that seems to be what we're, we're hung up on here yeah i think it could work i think that could work and i think then you also get into some fun dynamics of mm-hmm. um how do you make sure that there's no sabotage and no subterfuge yeah. like cross apprenticeship lines right because suddenly if progression beyond the apprenticeship stage is something that is only afforded to a select few Right. Then suddenly and it's only decided through some sort of like Hunger Games like competition or not necessarily Hunger Games, but some sort of competition. Then. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, I think Good it works. I, 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 and I think you just take it. That's I think that might be done. Yeah. Um, no, I think that I think that other, works. other than it just is a good I think it's a good backdrop for a story. Yeah, it's because it's the Hunger Games. It's uh, the Triwizard Cup. It's and maybe take away the professions maybe yeah. it is just about military yeah and it's let's go let's go back to knights because we talked about knights a lot last time as well of it's knights taking on apprentices in a straight up military context and that's how the, the military is enhanced mm-hmm. and you take on an apprentice and your goal and like that's i think pretty common is like you know classic tournaments of like jousting and melees and all that it's like oh well it's my like my young squire will, will do whatever but and maybe you don't really. I'm just pointing that out, I guess, at that at this point. No, and that I is think, a historical. Well, fact. I also I also like that because it brings in the i it it makes it, you know, in the Jedi world. It's always the Jedi Council that decides if some you know, and they have these trials, but the trials are individual, right? So it's not about competition against others. Whereas this sort of group competition thing is more brutal because it gets it sort of. It's an example of that idea of, oh, you know, only the strong survive, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we breed out weakness kind of stuff. If 
knighthood is something that is conferred upon only a very select few. Yeah. And they, which is very different than the Jedi, where it's like, as long as you pass, there's room at the top for everybody, even though there isn't because there's a council. But you know what I mean. Yeah, right? yeah. I, and that's a good point. Like, I think it, I think it is dumb if it is. Because I, I, I'm also it's like a human existing in this world where like jobs, you know, where like you have issues of, oh, we're, we're not hiring people, even though like they're all super qualified for the job, you, mm-hmm. which you, just one person. And you're like, well, you just hired one person. Like you have a bunch of other open. You, you could put these people elsewhere. You right. could give them jobs, too. Right. So I think that is kind of silly if it is a the Jedi version of like you just pass. Come on in. Right. That works better. Right. It and, works better, but it's also not as interesting storytelling mm-hmm. um so the, the story potential i think it is yeah it's really interesting what if a bunch of knights are rejected because they only take like one or two or something into yeah. this order and all these other other apprentices are rejected and being spurred by this knightly order you know yeah. what they do start another one mm-hmm. and then you create rivalries and i'm yeah. think, I, i'm you love I, your I think this, this is an episode where i'm going to talk about rivalry a lot because i think it's really really works for master apprentice yeah. and i think it's interesting master apprentice is because there's a numbers game involved mm-hmm. it's only two people per master apprentice when you only have two mm-hmm. as a standard that you can have variation then you are asking for it to become so you can only have so many pairs of master apprentice involved before you, it starts to get unreasonable and you're gonna have mm. to go outside of that because the hierarchy is so strange because it's not like you can have i mean you can you can maybe structure this way maybe we could talk about it. it's like you can't have there's 50 masters apprentice on this level there's 40 on this level 10 on this level two up here and then one at the top it doesn't really work as well because it's master apprentice it's one-to-one relationship everybody else is kind of a bit more irrelevant as opposed to you have captain you have lieutenant you have sergeants you've got grunts at the bottom and you kind of spread that process out i think that's right and i have some noodles on it i have the first one is a dark thought well we love dark thoughts Let's yeah go. it's not it, it's it, i mean it's not my typical you know like city made of teeth dark it's um a question first well no um you could if you wanted to have a really funny kind of fucked up structure is to have a master apprentice style relationship that is based off a multi-level marketing scheme oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like if you had to buy your way into it yeah and then go and recruit others and that was your way of proving that you were like that's you could do that (sighs) yeah you could that's i don't like i I hate this thing that i've created veto for the sake of society um number two your point about the it constantly being one to one is right, right? Like that you've got a, you've got, if you just keep recycling one to one, that's almost too perfectly efficient, right? Like you're never going to see growth and scale, yeah, at the rate that you need, right? It's why companies, which I talked about last time, are looking more into online training and blended learning for learning and development programs to figure out how can we train as many people and get them up to speed as possible with this yeah. few resources and assuming that... population growth if you're like doing sure. this on a scale we're just educating the next generation they are probably a bigger generation than you that said i do wonder what if it weren't if you split it up if there okay. are a way where you wouldn't because right now the way that we've assumed it right like you sort of learn every like that you know like the jedi you learn everything from your master right like it's mm-hmm. not like you have multiple teachers like you learn like Obi-Wan teaches you how to fight, like he taught Anakin how to fight, he taught him the force, he taught him everything, right? Mm-hmm. What if that weren't the case and you like the fir- like you split it up? I'm imagining like a trifold master where okay. they could either be three separate people or a trifold being, like a I'm I'm deliberately stealing from uh the Gold Ranger and Power Rangers and Christianity. But they had the they had like the you know the one person that was secretly three people in okay. one body. Uh-huh. One teaches your body, one teaches your soul, one teaches your mind. Mm, much like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will walk out of here. On God. I will turn my face to God and walk backwards into hell. 
Nice. That's good. That's poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, don't do it though. No, I won't. But I just uh, like mostly because you, uh, your skin's too frail. You'd burn. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the sun is. Famously, <laughs> famously <laughs> underground. <laughs> okay, but I I like the idea um a lot like and basically what that means is just it frees you up a bit from the one-to-one because then suddenly i only have to get i'm only responsible for getting you to a certain point to teach you a very specific skill it's more yeah. like a rotational program yeah okay and so what if what what are your thoughts on if instead of it being like one person is kind of three or what if it's like like a small council is constantly yeah. your mentor the whole time and it's again creating tension and rivalry where it's not I'm with you until you get to this point. It's right. we're all with you the whole time. Right. And then you get the squabbling and the problems of in, inefficient mentorship because right. they don't, they, they are on different pages about it. And, it, and, and they could be very representative of like, I'm like, I'm interested in your body. I'm interested in your mind. I'm interested in kind of like yeah. your soul, that kind of thing. Or do you really want it to be like one individuals doing this? I don't know. It, it makes me think a lot of foundation and mm. the in the still haven't watched it. Uh, apparently, season two is actually really good. I stopped good. watching season one because it got bad, but yeah. season two apparently is good. Well, maybe I'll get around to it someday. But the coolest thing that they did, as far as I can tell, I didn't read the books, but is the the em- the emperor is a clone three of, of himself. Three, mm. it's three versions of himself. All, mm. it's it's a young version of himself, a middle aged version of himself, and old version of himself yeah. so they clone him and then they age him through the process and he is like the young one is learning and the old one is advising the one in the middle mm. and if, if you if you had like a cloned version somehow mm. if you were like able to just take part of yourself and kind of plop it over to the side and then it's constantly aging and you're and if you did that on like a mass scale where each individual is constantly doing this hmm so everybody, maybe everybody in that society is three people. Everybody is a clone of themselves three times. So there's, there's I three. I don't hate that. There's three because why the fuck not? Yeah, and like, I, don't hate I that. think you need to have like a cap on population to make it field manageable. But maybe not. Maybe well, you no, also no, have no, mass no, 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 population. No, I, I disagree. I, I'm actually imagining a world where you're doing this to support population growth. Say more. I maybe there are not enough people in society, and so you need lots of people. You physically need numbers. It's not yeah. So it's not about like, um, like gene norm- pool. It's about we need people to do the job. We need right. labor. We need labor. We like oh, I said it last time. Children are their earliest form of social security. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Right. So you start you start instituting a clone program to just increase the number of people available because people aren't having kids. Right. In the numbers that you need, and. You can get to that however you want. Yeah. Like, imagine if the Krogan and Mass Effect had done that. Yeah, interesting. If they had just been cloning themselves. Yeah, why didn't they? Cloning technology probably existed. No, we know it did because there was that evil shepherd in Mass Effect 3. So Yeah, I think this is a cool idea. So let's explore a little bit more. Everybody's three versions of them. Everybody is a clone three times of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're constantly, their mentor is themselves mm-hmm. who has now lived through most of their life. Mm-hmm. Because and, you can, because, and this is interesting. You and I both have siblings, right? Like, and that's kind of interesting because latched onto this idea of your parents, you have the same two people as your parent, as your siblings who raised you, but you were not raised by the same parents, mm-hmm. right? Because they were different people when they raised you, yeah, than when they raised your siblings, right? Like, same with you and your your siblings, same with my like siblings have very different relationships with their parents, even though they're the same two people because each person is different, right? So just because this person is a clone is your future self or your younger self. It's no guarantee that they're going to be the same person. So in this situation, if you have kids, those kids don't have clones yet. Right. Ooh, fuck. So then that's good. So you All have, right, yeah, go. So, so you have two different sections of two uh, classes, sex, whatever you want to call them. Casts. Uh, yeah, well, the cast system so fucked up. But as a word, it works. Yeah, true. You have the cloned, I'm not sure the right word for them, but then you have the the newborn. And Gattaca was valid and invalid. Yeah, that's interesting. So it, it, it's um, matured, and I was trying to look up words for baby and newborn that mm. were cool. I think the word neonate work, mm, works pretty good. well. It has a very sci-fi v- vibe to it. 
Um, it's technically an infinite less than four weeks old. You have this section of society that is like a clean slate mm. and they don't have mm-hmm. the wisdom to impart upon themselves from the earlier time. So as the world is evolving, you have people who are continue much like, you know, like our grandparents or whomever are trying to impart on you wisdom from a bygone age, but you're like, well, grandpa, that's not useful information anymore. That's, that's out of date. That's irrelevant. That's fucking racist. Whatever they're saying, you're like, that's not appropriate anymore. And, but in, in this world, that wisdom you're passing on yourself, you are able to take all the correct parts of it because you are observing it from every angle. Because that's, it's very good. At, but then if you're the new Some people, delicious fucking pasta. if you're the neonates, you don't get that. You don't get that luxury of that old world information. You don't get to... Are you left to survive on your own? No, but you're being raised by your parents. But you don't... But like there's the implicit trust you get like you know like you spoke of this a little bit here just a minute ago about like you're not exactly the same person as Mm -hmm. your family doesn't matter if you're a clone or not it doesn't matter if you're a clone or not but you would implicitly trust your clones more than you would trust your family would you i think because it's yourself but but you know it's not yourself you you know it's your exact dna and it has your side there is i i cannot see a world in which your clone, and maybe we, we could try and figure out a way that is this yeah. way, where your clone is not interested in your best interest because it's it's their best interest too, because it's their legacy, it's their line. What I would what I would expect of the society is that it is every clone lineages, mm-hmm. every clone line's job. Mm-hmm. It it is there. It is every clone line's goal to reach a certain height of power of prestige of skill whatever it is they are they have one goal that they're pursuing over the course of their life mm-hmm. oh i just had an interesting it's very game of thronesy yeah i dig it but then i just thought about something else that just complicated love yeah i was i was thinking i was going towards like the Zack snyder um man of steel like you know, they, the Krypton is that platonic society where every child is specifically genetically bred mm-hmm. to do a specific role yeah. and trained to do that since birth. And then Kal-El is the first naturally born Kryptonian in a generation, mm-hmm. and it's all about Zack Snyder and his libertarianism and free will and blah blah blah. But it's, it's still a very compelling story. Yeah, and this is, I think, brushing on a similar theme. Well, going slightly further from that is just the complications you get from say clone line of george george falls in love with regina regina (laughs) so we have regina and george Mm -hmm. we'll we'll call them regina george for short they are in love they have a child Mm. this this neonate starts a different line and then George and Regina age out into the, they become the older sages. The next clone in the, in their lines fall in love with a different person. Mm -hmm. And then you throw, and maybe it's an unhappy marriage. Mm -hmm. This Regina George is, they are learning different sentiments and getting different, um, different wisdom. And they are now disbelieving what's being told to them by their, by their older selves about romantic love. Hmm. And then the third generation comes in and then they're getting the bad version of love because they're being told about the unhappiness that it created or whatever. And then you create opportunities for this and like weird, complicated bitterness. Be- well, there's around like a, a divergence there suddenly because yeah. suddenly you've got people that are, you've got two very different perceptions of love, one from a naturally born child and one from a clone, right? Like, and again, just because you encountered them at different points in their lives, they're different people. Mm-hmm. I, I dig it. I think this is a very cool world. I think this is a very cool society. And I like that education, knowledge transferred, the fact that it is your clone is very, it makes it more personal in a way. And I yeah. think you'd have people that would be very emotionally invested in it. And I think you have other people that would emotionally distance themselves and everyone would react to it very differently and i think we'd have to spend some time you would have to noodle 
very intensely on the rules of like this kind of genetic leapfrogging right is, yeah it, it, like how it's does a, this work do you have to be cloned do you have trap. to like if you have a kid do you not get to clone? right like they're you yeah know. i mean it, it could just be that it's optional yeah that, it could be it could be that's only for the rich it could be whatever or it could be mandatory that you get cloned but then if you want to have a kid that's on your own but you're still responsible for raising your own clone Ooh, that's interesting so maybe then the wealthy well, would be the only ones having their own kids yeah, because what happens to your parents? Do your parents... Because uh... everyone then effectively is a four-person house. How? So... I was going, there's three clones in a line. Are you, are you going three clones in a line? Right, no, no, no. There's three, clones, there's, three cro- there's three clones in a line. Uh-huh. But if you're in the society where people can get married, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Regina George, then you've got Regina 2, George 2. They, you know, Regina George are raising Regina 2 and George 2. But then if they want to have a, oh, their God, own child, is, Katie. We need flowcharts. I'm so getting, like, I'm the more I think about it, I'm like, fuck, no, this but is it's confusing. A, it, right, it's but of... it is confusing, but I think that's interesting. Anyway, it, yeah. it's, it's a cool, the, there's, the point stands, there's something clearly, there. it's a cool idea. There's something in there. Yeah. I think it might just be putting limits on making sure that it's not that many people that do it. Right. And that's why it works really well in, like, in uh, Foundation of, like, it is the emperor that does it, and right. he's the only person that does it. So maybe yeah. it works well with, like, the elites in society. Maybe it works well with, like... Just the knights. Or very very powerful like uh mages yeah like mages make makes perfect sense right. why would a mage because mages are also like they're not interested in having kids they're not interested yes. in that side of like they're just like i want arcane pursuits i want power right and this is how you end up with like liches and shit right and um, also and they're the ones who are most likely to be most obsessed with like only my i am the only one strong enough so i have ooh. to clone myself because okay. no no one else could physically ha- i mean that was also palpatine and all his shit that's why he wanted to clone himself because he's i mean number one he was obsessed with immortality and was basically a sci-fi lich but he also wanted consciousness transfer and his body was the only one strong enough end of rent okay no i like that idea and it gave me noodles which is that you have a mage who's growing in power they clone themselves mm. and then they create a hierarchy and they become like i'm gonna say their bbeg territory here mm. it is a seven clones of themselves all of different ages mm. like every 10 years they clone themselves so they just they have this huge cycle and they keep doing it so they age out so then when the the, the final clone gets to like 100 he dies and then so there's a peri- period of time where there's one less clone and then they get back into the cycle and so they're each more powerful and they all understand they're like i will become the head of this order once I get like once that guy dies and like I'm, I'll move up the ladder just about it's about time and we're trying to preserve the legacy of our name like you know Elminster or whoever. Number one, I dig it. Number two, Pumatsol from Critical Role and just a series of it's it's just but it's just simulacra all the way down. Um, but the, but that was to do like work to do work. This yeah. is to preserve power well, and they're split. It, well, you could do it to preserve power. I do like that you could also do it to getting back to what you'd said earlier, like maybe the work that you're doing is so secret that you don't trust anybody else. So you just Ooh. keep cloning yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and, out and, of, and like, it's fear and paranoia. And it's such a big project. It will take so long. Yeah. This is like a generational problem. Right. It's a generational solu- like problem and solution. Right. And you're a paranoid motherfucker who just wants to do it all, all by yourself. So I like that. I like also um, that you get into lichdom. You also get into the idea and the potential for consciousness transfer. And maybe it's just a series of telepathically overlaying personalities on top of another before they die or like so, some form of soul possession. I'll get to that in a second because that gave me another idea. Um, but that would also be very cool as a campaign villain. Yeah. because it's what, it's what made me think about it well you would start because again it, and let's get back to that original idea of just because you're a clone doesn't mean you're the same person so mm. if you're running them as a D as a D villain right you're like oh crap so we just faced i'm going to steal a name from your campaign we just faced elias uh-huh. elias was a wizard so we're going to prepare for a fight with a wizard and then you show up and the next version for some reason is a warlock Mm-hmm. And maybe because they've made a pact with their past self or something, and you have to then interesting like you, they're all different because they're all still different people. They're all clones, but they're all different. They're still different people. Okay. And I just think that's fun from a game I'm, gaming mechanic. 
I think that is really interesting. I want to add a different thing in there, which is that from a DM's perspective, if that's the villain and they are different people, you get to use the same voice. You Absolutely. get to you perfect one villain voice. You yep. just keep recycling it, but you change the tone, the, like yep. the inflections. They speak differently, but they have the same vocal cord, so they yep. have the same voice. Totally. Which, if you're a DM and you come up with a really good villain voice, you want to use it again. You don't want to just be like, ah, oh, shit, I used it for one session. It didn't really stick. No. Damn it. It is fun to use a villain voice multiple times. So I think that is cool. It is a good, and it is a good campaign arc of we have to take down. It's like the Scott Pilgrim versus the world or whatever. Yeah. It's like we have to kill, we have to take down the, the, the nine uh, mages that are running this secret society and they are, the power scaling keeps going up. And right. because it's the same basic track, but it's a different person every time. But I think there's still adds, similarities. So you yeah. can like predict a little bit. And it's this game of, are we predicting it right? Are they the same person? How similar are they? Right. Like, and, and and maybe there's some that are a bit, they go a bit rogue and they're not quite as interested in whatever this like evil goal is. And they're like, actually, like, I think this is like a, an okay goal, but I don't really want to be cruel about it. Yeah. Like I'm, I've, I'm kind of rubbed the wrong way by the way the guy above me was behaving. So yeah. Maybe I'm doing my own things. Maybe maybe one faked their death and escaped and is revealed to be a party member. Oh, maybe, maybe one faked their death and is a prominent member of society and is now like, oh, maybe one faked their death. They now run an assassin's guild to try to take down <laughs> to try to take down their other clones. Sure, because they they believe them to be so uh, dangerous, but yeah. they don't want to reveal that why they believe that. Yeah, because they don't want anyone to know they're one of the clones. I, I think this is a great idea. I don't have a huge um, amount more to say on that, but there's a bowl of pasta over here that I am super excited okay. about. I see um, it. Is that ravioli? Uh, no, that is um, tortellini. Um, yeah. Tortellini is better than ravioli anyway. So. I agree. I was talking about like consciousness transfer, mm-hmm. and, and that is a way of like continuing the line and preserving the knowledge. Two, as soon as I said that, two ideas, and I mentioned Lichdom, like two ideas immediately sprung to mind from there. I'm going to give you two. We can pick one to, or both. to talk through. Or both, but we can pick yeah, which both. one we're going to talk about first. Yeah. So the first one is your master is a possessed weapon or a possessed item of some sort, depending on what it is. So you're okay. told you've been selected to join this knightly order. Your master is in this next room. You open the door and there is just a sword in the ground. Okay. And you're like, where the fuck is my master? And then the sword says, don't curse in front of me. Okay. Right? So there's that. All right. That's idea number one. Idea number two is your master is not of this plane. Your master is an extra planar being of some sort that is channeled by a necromancer or a seer or a summoner of some sort. So you've been told, again, similar story arc. You are selected into this knightly order. Your master's in this next room. You open the door. There's a person sitting there. And you kneel. You say master. And they say, I am not your master. And then they close their eyes. They open their eyes. And their eyes are a different color. And they've channeled this being, this spirit that is your master. And so it's sort of like a channeler thing where your your master is the same body. Uh But they're just channeling or allowing themselves to be possessed by different spirits who are going to teach you okay i'm gonna go with door number one okay because i I mean i can't get the image out of my head of it just being the one ring and the fact that genuinely it taught frodo and sam so much fucking stuff like Mm -hmm. not in like a like in the teaching but in like a lessons in life yeah and that like it forced them down a path because sentient items Mm mm-hmm are so like pernicious hmm. they, or they can be they don't have to be they don't have to be but don't they, put that on them they're usually evil or so break the mold or, true you could break the mold what would be the motivation of the item because it's usually like a sentient item is usually like a soul of some creature trapped in that item right bound to it correct so then it's really tied to that and maybe it's that, okay. Here's I mean, make it about the individual. Maybe the individual did this voluntarily just to keep teaching. True. Here's an idea. Pretty simple. On a mass scale, it's weird. Mm. But there's like some sort of cataclysmic event, because there's always one in a fantasy world. Sure, sure. And it, it, it 
sucks all the people's souls and puts them into mundane objects around the world. And so now there's just a bunch of mundane objects that need to be, they need to go through some sort of quest. Like they need to resolve it somehow. Sort like, of like, so just, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. sort of like a Thanos snap thing where like half the people like were, were, were soul bound. Yeah. And maybe not and, even, it didn't even have to be half, but yeah, like similar to that, which like all of a sudden there's a significant just, percentage of are, the population, it's just but all there are still sudden. other people still left. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was just what I wanted to clear. Yeah. And so it is, now they're they're just going through the backlog of all of these items and hmm. they give them to young people and say, you need to help this thing resolve its quest, whatever it is, to help right. unbind its soul and let it be free. And they're just going through that backlog and eventually they'll get done and they'll have to come up with a new system. So it's a mentorship system that only exists until you get through the backlog. So I'm going to, let's limit it. Maybe it's not a... Maybe it wasn't a cataclysmic event. Uh It was just, it was the, and again, everything comes back to a TTRPG. It was, that is the perfect way to justify a TPK. You, Uh, oh, you start a campaign with characters, you TPK them and and you, you You soul bind them. You you, you kill all the party members and then you put their, their characters souls into items they were carrying and then they create new characters to go have to use those items to to finish the quest. That is a very cool idea and a really big swing at your party members. Mm -hmm. Like you better hope those players are cool with that. And that they aren't annoyed that they created the, the the really cool character for the first one and then had a bad character for the second right. one. Because a lot of people put a lot of juice into one character and then they got nothing for like two years. They're like, I that was all my creative energy. I'm done. Yeah. So you gotta but if you do it right, and maybe maybe you warn people, you say, Do not be too attached to this character. Right. And you just you set it up and you don't give a lot of specifics, but you say, just yeah. Be prepared and lull them, give them a few sessions, lull them into a false sense of security, and then boom. But I think even if you take this outside of a of a TTRPG, this is great because again, I'm sticking with nightly orders because I love nightly orders. Yeah, we all we both they've do. been going. They it's the same like the five swords of Aldebaran, right? Like, and because that was the leader of the party and they went to try and fight the great dragon and they died, uh-huh. but they were soul bound. The wizard did it, blah, blah, blah. And they have just been cycling through nights and no one, and then trying to find someone. It's not a chosen one, but it recreates a chosen one. They're just like, we're trying to find someone that can finally fulfill this quest. And they've cleared out all the rest of the items, except for the last one. Yeah. Okay. So it's, and then it's, it's, your your main character comes in, yeah. takes the sword, right? Like, and, and and the sentient weapon is the mentor. Yeah, it's interesting because it, I like the, what you brought in about the chosen one because it's a chosen one trope that's turned into well, you're chosen one of like a thousand because there were a thousand of these items and we, we figured out who the other nine hundred ninety nine. Right. Well, they people. succeeded. They they yeah. They, the the they were successfully guided. Yes, but, but I I understand. My my point being, the other nine hundred ninety nine were resolved we picked the right person for that that item they got it done there's just one more so it's like you're the chosen one but you're not yeah like so you 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 get some of that same story meat but you don't have the weight of like you're saving the world you're just the the weight is this one guy is relying on only you because you're the only one who matches him who can help free his soul right all these other souls are good are good to go. This one guy's living in torment and he right. wants to be done. Right. So it's up to you to figure it out. So like you, you get the stakes on a, a very small scale level because it's one of the problems with chosen one is like, well, the world's going to fucking end if you don't succeed. So obviously you're going to succeed. Right. But what if it's just one guy is like damned forever? It's like Aladdin almost, right? Like if he didn't use the last wish to free the genie, right? Like you're, you're yeah. Or I'm actually even thinking about now, I like this idea of like you're chosen almost by default. Like it's not a, it's not a, it's not a prophecy thing. Yeah. But it reminds me of in the nineties, nineties, I think, um, DC comics had, uh, did a very controversial thing. They had Hal Jordan, who was Green Lantern at the time, go insane and try and wipe out the world. And all the heroes ended up stopping him and he changed his mind at the last second, reignited the sun and it was all good. But 
they had the high sun or the fallen sun. Uh-huh. Um, but they passed on the title of Green Lantern to a new person named yep. Kyle Rayner. And good name, yeah, great name. Um, they, they, it was the nineties. They wanted to shake up the brand, get yeah. the Green Lantern, and um, he was chosen almost effectively at random. Like, yeah. and it, the story of him getting the Green Lantern ring is the last guardian of the universe finding him and being like, "You'll have to do." I love it, and I think that's great, right? It's and it's like mon- it's just, the mundanity of like sometimes people just like get a job. I think that's a, a really cool idea, especially if, if it's a nightly order and you have several dozen or hundreds of like uh, apprentices there trying yeah. to become knights. It is just kind of um, like everybody just grab a weapon. They're all bespoke. Fuck it. Just grab one. Right. And we hope it works. Right. That's it. It's not like some Dalai Lama test. No. It's not like. Unless it is just because if, if it's a sentient weapon. And this is why I, I think that like there's one remaining sentient weapons personality not matching well, yeah, and then being so difficult that other people just stop trying, and maybe that's mm. maybe that can be interesting. Is oh, you, it's like the last puppy that can't get adopted. Yeah, except for this puppy is not getting adopted because he's an asshole, right? And so all the knights keep saying, "No, I'm not helping you. Fuck you." Like, right. He's like a, like an abusive piece of shit and you're like well you need me like or you keep giving me bad advice you told me to jump off a cliff oh yeah maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's the, the the guy whose soul is trapped is such a bad mentor yeah he's so stupid it's michael scott he, he gives terry <laughs> michael scott is giving such bad advice yeah. that yeah they don't want to use him I drove my car oh. into a fucking lake the gps told me to right like imagine that right yeah. <laughs> like Okay, yeah. It's like I you're can... facing off against a troll, and in D and D terms, everyone and everyone knows that trolls are vulnerable to fire damage. Yeah, but it's like, oh, cast lightning bolt. No, I'm pretty yeah. sure I could cast. I should cast fireball. Nope, nope. You okay. want to cast lightning bolt? And like, bring it back to being at an RPG table. <coughs> bring it back to being an RPG table. It's really fun if you're the GM because then it's you have this item that gives bad advice. And it's not doing it like in a malicious way. He's just really incompetent. Right. And so you... It's trying so hard. So you get to give earnest bad advice to your players, which yeah. is fun to do like from as like a joke. Because yeah. you, you get to give... It, it's an easy way to make jokes. It's an easy conceit for that. But then it also gives them advice because you're hearing the bad advice. You yeah. can... You get what not to do and you kind of learn what you can do as a result. Mm-hmm. So it works pretty well as a, as a concept of giving a... a incompetent sentient item okay do you want to go to door number two now i would because i i like this idea and it's not necessarily about it being a spirit guy it doesn't have to be that but i like this idea of a mentor that you don't see that you don't know right so like if i you know you walk in and 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 the person sitting there is like i am not your master yeah and they shut their eyes and then they open their eyes it's a cool scene of i'm not your master right and then their eyes are blue when before they were brown and it's and then they're speaking with a completely different voice and it's uh, they're channeling the spirit of yeah ra the sun god and ra is here to be your master right okay um i think that's number one a very cool way to explore a multiverse a you could do you'd have to have a really big multiverse you would. world in mind because if you'd be crisscrossing because you'd have to have so many people sure. across multi multiverse and so many planes and then you have to do a lot of interplanar travel you you could i mean yeah. and that's if you went that way but you could also have it be like oh you're i'm being i'm channeling hercules and then artemis is going to teach you how to hunt and then hephaestus is going to teach you how to forge and you could explore the pantheon that way mm-hmm. right and i think that's a very fun way of doing it it's a pretty small building you could probably just walk around in about 20 minutes that's this joke about the Pantheon. That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. It was the, the Pantheon yeah, is got, the building in Rome. Now, yeah, now yeah. I got it. The, the, the Pantheon is like literally like in the weirdest part of Rome. You're like, this is the oldest building in Rome. It's still perfectly standing. And it's like yeah. next to just gelato shops. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. The Romans would be really confused if well, they were here today. It's like when you see um, everyone. Uh, one of my favorite things is uh, the other side of the Giza pyramids. It's like everyone only shows you oh, the pictures yeah. of the pyramids it, from that it, it's one like, angle. It's like suburbia or something, isn't no, it? No, it's just Cairo. It's just right oh, there. Oh, it's just Cairo. Okay, it's yeah. Like, 
well it's a quarter it's city. mile yeah it's yeah. like it's like really close to city it's yeah that's yeah. weird and so they like you they only show you the pyramids from one angle it's like yeah, the yeah most the tourist attractions just get one angle because uh-huh. they don't really want to show you the other side because usually it's not interesting correct sorry my brain is going a little thousand miles an hour so i'm just going to rattle off some ideas that are all occurring to me at once okay but i do like this idea of a master you cannot see right so okay. one is the the channeler right the they're getting possessed and they're cycling you through different masters number two master is a ghost that is bound to a place like stonehenge maybe you can only be taught in stonehenge because the spirit of the master cannot leave this area potential idea number two potential idea number three the telepathic master the master that you walk into a room your master is inside this room you walk into the room room is empty no sword no nothing and then suddenly you hear a voice in your head yeah it's like i am your master and they start training you and you never see them but they just live inside your head um idea number four is time travel maybe it's a time traveling version of you kind of coming back full circle to what we talked about before right like there are lots of this idea of a master you cannot see apparently um uncorked some stuff inside of me and now i'm done the box is empty fyi ethan was was gestating quite a uh or gesticulating quite a, wait gestating wait which one is it gesticulating gesticulating <laughs> growing yeah, man. I, I was like that's not right. um physically i am still the same as when i started that rant folks. yeah but he was gesticulating quite a lot and it definitely gave strong vibes of uh charlie day and the and the <laughs> i got uh, fucking boxes full of masters you can't see <laughs> i gotta talk about the mail <laughs> can i talk to you about the masters i've been dying to talk to you about the masters there was so much red string in this room all of a sudden um okay i want to I want to talk about the telepathic one because okay. I think it's really cool. And I, and because my mind immediately goes to, I am your master. Come find me. That's it. Oh, dope. They just say, they're oh, like, I fucking love and it. it starts a scavenger hunt of yeah, yeah, yeah. just straight up. Come find me. And they don't talk to you again for like a day. They want you to sit on that knowledge of how do you react to being given a task? You don't know how to complete. Uh-huh. And then it's like, it's this wisdom building exercise of, I need you to be comfortable with this task. Yeah. Knowing that it's not something you can complete quickly, mm-hmm. knowing it's a thing you can't complete yet at all. Like you right. need more f- from me first. Like right. this is impossible. And kind of setting those expectations and, and really massaging them around the idea of the task. And then slowly doling out a little bit of information and saying, I live nearby, you know, yeah. like, or I need you to, I, I need you to, to venture out from where you live now. And right. you, you need to go explore the world if you want to find Put the me. sun to your back and walk to the sh- night. Yeah. That's or, saying like walk walk west. Yeah. Or or maybe it means walk east if you start at night, or, right? Like, it, you or, don't know. Or, or, or just something similar like, have you been to the mountains before? Yeah. And just just invite them to go to a mountain range because I live in a mountain range. Yeah. And just start to, because in that process, you're asking them to explore the world and to learn through that process on their way to find you, they find you, and maybe they find you, and, and you say, and that concludes our lesson. You know, that's 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 it. And you just say, "Would you like tea?" And you sit down and you and you have a chat. But you're like, I, you you learned what you were supposed to learn from me. Yeah, you learned it by getting here because it could take eighteen years to do it. Yeah, it could take a lifetime. Yeah, or it could take maybe two years because this person's really really good this at is it. A case study interview. Maybe we're like it's well no because this presumes that there is a right answer. In a case study interview, they're not necessarily always trying to give you a right answer. They more just want to see your thought process. But that is something that you could do if you are, or you have this telepathic master, right, who gives you a task and they just want to see how you approach the task. Or I, I don't, and they're just sort of scrying. On I think you you're coming time. at it from this is they want to see how you do it. They don't. They want you to learn whatever whatever you need to help. Whatever whatever you learned is good. Yeah. They just want you to get to them. And they're going to guide you through. Like, it's not like... Um, if they live at the top of a mountain, maybe you learn how to climb it. Maybe you built a fucking hot air balloon. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care how you... Like, what yeah. you learn and how you learn, as long as you are learning through the process. Because whatever you're learning was probably good enough. You know, we talked a lot about, like, the rumspringa idea last time of just going out and mm-hmm. learning by existing. Yeah. You, you will learn by existing as you as you come to find me. And I'll give you hints as you go. And, I'll, and you know, I hope... I hope you have fun and I hope it doesn't take you long. And if you get into trouble, that's not great, but I don't know. It's a very, um, number one, I feel like uh, you mentioned Ron Swanson earlier and now I'm just feeling like him. He's like, and I love riddles. Yeah. Um, The other thought that I had just went screaming out of my head, like a flaming banshee. Um, 
Back to you, Kyle. Okay. Thank Welcome you. back. That was Ethan. Uh, and here we got some Nickelback coming up uh, <laughs> on the eights. Can Hope you, you take me? That's Creed, I but uh, I, I meant Nickelback. Uh, to what place my life shines in. No, still Creed. I just like that song. All right. Well, I think we're out of noodles here today. So, Ethan, what stuck for you, my friend? I'm. I love the. I love the cinematic moment of um, I Am Not Your Master. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get that out of my head. Uh-huh. Um, I also think the the soul-bound item and weapon, I think there's a lot there. That's mm-hmm. a, There's a lot of potential there. But I think the one, I, I, I am stuck on the world of you are, your master is an older cloned version of yourself. Uh-huh. I'm stuck on that from a how does the cloning happen? Like, I think there, there's something that I, I can't quite figure it out yet, but like, I want to, uh, I'm yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Uh, I like the clone master thing a, a lot. I, I think I, en- I enjoy a lot the visuals specifically of the, the sentient items of the TPK. And it's, I, I think it was like the swords of, Alamander, I forget what name you use. Aldebaran. Aldebaran. But I like the idea of... It's the name of a star. Okay. Uh, Aldebaran. Uh, like five people all wielding a sword that... Uh, they all have a sword and each of those swords contains the soul of somebody. Yeah. And they're like going in together and they're all bound to that one sword. It's kind of the um, like the binding that the, the Aes Sedai have with their wardens yeah. in the Wheel of Time. Yeah, that's that like cool. intense bond, but it's one that you can't actually even observe because it's telepathic because it's yeah. a sentient item. And I think that's really cool. Okay. I have that visual in my head that's that I weird. can't really dislodge. So yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, There's so. also some very cool visual potential there of like a 90s cartoon style thing where they're each a different weapon. So you've got your bow spirit and your lance spirit yeah, and your yeah. sword spirit, which yeah. is the leader. Oh, yeah. And then the mace spirit, which is the big guy, because there's always the big guy yep. in 90s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it definitely, it definitely hits the that. The action figure's right. And, it, like, and it when they all stream across the screen in like a, in like a five-part uh, banner... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, love it. All right, well, that's what stuck for us. Let us know what stuck for you. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Goodbye. I am your master. You're my master? Yeah. Oh, cool. Go get my drag. Oh, no.